We're going to be looking at Psalm 90 from verse 14. This is the oldest psalm in the book of Psalms, and it was written by Moses. Yes, you've heard right. He wrote the psalm, and um, it deals with some major themes that um, you and I, weekly if not monthly, deal with today. And um, so we see here that he deals with the fall of man. Um, in Psalm 90, we also see that Moses speaks about the return of our Savior. He speaks about the eternal God and us frail human beings. He speaks about a holy God and sinful man. He speaks about life and death. And he also speaks about the meaning of life in a confused and a difficult world. And it is as if Moses is standing in front of us and he is describing what's happening within the world today. Yes, the world is confused about many things. Life is difficult for many around the world um, and it's becoming increasingly more difficult. I wish I could say to you that in 2021 that everything was going to change because the year 2021 had changed. But you and I know that that's not a reality. It's wonderful to hear all of the good wishes for 2021. But my friends, it is simply a year that has changed. And in 2021, for you and I to deal with this coming year better, we need to push into God. And Moses speaks in Psalm 90 about this. And we're going to pick up the psalm in verse 14. And this is what Moses is saying, and if you understand the context of what actually is happening here, and many scholars believe that he was writing this psalm after the failure of faith at Kadesh Barnea, when the nation was sent through the wilderness because of their grumbling and their disobedience, and they went through the wilderness for 40 years until the older generation died. And um, we see that the new generation came through and they entered the promised land. But Moses led the Israelites through those years. And so life was not easy for Moses, but he triumphed. And in this psalm, he shares his insights so that we too might have strength for our journey during 2021 and end well. It's important how we start, definitely because we've got to get into the race, but it's very important, crucial actually, how we end our journey. And um, I want to take the next few weeks and I want to speak about one of the words that Moses uses here. And so let's start reading from verse 14. And so we see that Moses says in verse 14, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. 
Have you experienced some trouble over the last little while? Well, Moses speaks to us today. Then he says, may your deeds be shown to your servants. Reveal yourself to us. He says, your splendor to your children. May the favor of the Lord our God rests on us. And all of us would say amen to that. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And so we see that Moses writes this psalm as he speaks to God about the people and about what he's gone through. And his real heart comes out. And um, I would like you to focus on verse 14 where Moses says, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. We live in a world where satisfaction is very, very important. We live in a world where we get satisfied by so many different things within our lives. Some good, some okay, and some not that good. Um, We look for that satisfaction. Almost we look for that sense of pleasure in many, many ways. And part of what made 2020 uncomfortable for us is that some of those things that satisfy us have been removed from us. And um, we haven't had the space to explore more things that truly satisfy us. And I think for Moses, he had experienced similar things as he was leading the nation of Israel. He was leading a people who were stubborn. He was leading a people um, who didn't bend easily towards the things of God. Um, He was leading a people where many of the people wanted to go their own ways because they were wise, Scripture says, in their own eyes. It sounds very, very much like within our day. And so Moses walking through some of these difficulties that he had encountered and that he was encountering, lifts his eyes up to the heavens and he speaks to God and he says, satisfy us, not just him, but us, the people. He says, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. This is the prayer that he's offering on behalf of the nation of Israel. And I was so glad when I encountered the psalm because I could pray something of that over our church as I was praying um, a few times this week for the church. Um, It is for you, O God, to satisfy us in the morning or during the day with your unfailing love. And so I would like to speak to us about the topic for the next few weeks, about being truly satisfied in God. Being truly satisfied in God. John Piper says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. A wonderful picture, wonderful quote. God is most glorified in us. That means he becomes so huge within us when we are most satisfied in him. And then also the Westminster Catechism says this, 
and asks the question, what is the chief end of man? What is the purpose of man? And it's a good question for us to ask in 2021. What is my purpose? And the answer comes, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. For me, that is my own personal goal for 2021, is to be truly satisfied in God. And as I pray for our church, the direction that I would like to focus our praying, our teaching, our fellowship on our community surroundings is that we would become a people here at Lyft, but also around the world for those of you who are listening to us and watching us from different places, that we all together would become truly satisfied in God. Because when we become truly satisfied in God, there are huge benefits that are there for us, but it also most importantly glorifies God. And so Moses says the same thing. He says, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad in our days. Now remember the context that he was saying these words in. It was at a time when the nation of Israel was being disciplined. It was a difficult time. They were wandering around in the wilderness and certainly with all that's happening within our world, it does seem that we're in a bit of a wilderness experience. And when I've been speaking again to friends all over the world, you know, in South Africa, in the UK, in America, and some other places in the world, um, in Spain, in Portugal, you'll find out that people actually do not know what's gonna happen next week. So it's very hard to plan. It's like walking in the wilderness just like Moses did. And um, of course, for you and I, we're, we're with people and, and people are acting out of character. Um, even some of our friends are behaving in ways that we weren't prepared for. And so it's very, very hard to find that true satisfaction even in our relationships with one another. And so we are knocked off center. And when we are knocked off center, we kind of grab for things that would hold us up. Um, for us here as a church, it is so hard to plan even for when we can meet together again. Legally, we can have 50 people, but we haven't made the call yet for us all to come together because there's a number of things from a congregational point of view that needs to fall into place. We're kind of in a wilderness experience where we cannot plan for tomorrow. And yet, the psalmist in this case, Moses says to us, we can actually still, within the times that we live in, be satisfied, truly, in God. Now you may say, Piet, what do you mean with the word satisfied? Because that's quite a broad term. What do you mean for us to be satisfied in God? Well, maybe... For this morning, the easiest way that I can explain it to you is to give you some examples in Scripture where it speaks about 
being satisfied in God. And um, of course, we must start with David in Psalm 23, verse 6. And so at home, if you could jot down these scripture verses, I think it would stand you in good set. It would be helpful for you. Psalm um, 23, verse 6, David says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You sense something of a satisfaction in God for David as he proclaims to God and he says, Lord, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. There was a sense of belonging for David here. He had his identity in God. He knew that God's favor was upon him. And of course, Moses speaks about that in Psalm 92 when he asked for the favor of God to come upon them in the form of the work of their hands, what they're doing, their labor and that. And David says, you surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. That goodness and favor of God. Where we start to experience the pleasure of God. His favor, my friends, there is a sense of satisfaction within our hearts. So there is that sense of, of just knowing that God's grace is upon us because of the wonderful gospel that was shared with us as the Holy Spirit drew us to God. And as the gospel, the good news of Jesus penetrated our hard hearts and it opened it up and it performed that miracle for our hearts to become soft, we started to experience the goodness and the mercy, as other translations say. May your goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. My friends, when we experience the goodness, the grace of God, the mercy of God, when there is that deep sense of God's reality within our lives where we know that he's forgiven us, where we know that his grace flows over our lives, there is that sense of deep satisfaction within our lives. And David knew that because he was a man who had a heart after God, Scripture says. He was also a man who had failed God terribly and um, had engaged in sin that separated him from that relationship with God and then experienced the forgiveness of God. My friends, the gospel is redemptive in nature. That means it redeems us, it brings us back to God, it draws us back to God. And my friends, when we find ourselves in those places, that is when we experience a deep satisfaction of what God has done within our lives and the work that he's doing within our lives. But the psalmist also says that I may dwell in, your, in the house of the Lord forever. He found a sense of security within God's family, within God's church. And that is my prayer, that many of you who have not been in in-person services, that you would make sure that you roll towards the center of God's house, his people, his church, his body, so that there can be that satisfaction that comes from what God does amongst 
his people. And so scripture here talks about that type of satisfaction. Secondly, Simon Peter in John chapter six, verse 68, gives us a sense of being truly satisfied in God when Simon Peter answers Jesus. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And the context of the scripture is that Jesus was talking to them. And he was also talking to them about the bread of life and being satisfied when you drink water from him. And then he started to preach about sacrifice. He started to speak about that. He's gonna give his life for his people and in turn we would need to give our lives for the sake of the gospel and the people didn't like it. And the people started to leave him, his other disciples. And Jesus looked at them and Peter looked at Jesus and said, Lord, to whom shall we go when Jesus asked his disciples, will you leave me too? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I think this is probably one of the most powerful statements for us for this coming year, that we would be able to look at the Lord and say to him, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Certainly, our government authorities do not have the wisdom to lead us through this year. Our scientists do not have the wisdom to lead us through this year. The medical people that we cherish with all our heart do not have the knowledge and the answers to lead us through this year. You and I certainly don't, but my friends, you and I can go to the Lord and say to him, Lord, to whom shall we go but you? You have the words of eternal life. Surely, if he offers us eternal life, which is given to us, will he also not with that provide for us daily? Whoa, a little bit quiet here, but also at home. Because we really do need to answer that question. To whom, that question, to whom shall we go? And Peter says, you have the words of eternal life. Why could he say that? Because he had encountered the living Christ. Because he walked with Jesus and there was a sense of deep satisfaction within his heart. At that time, he was truly satisfied in God. Paul says in Philippians chapter one, verse 21, and he speaks to the Philippian church who was being persecuted and he speaks from jail. And when you read his words here, when you hear his words, you hear the words of a man who is satisfied in Christ. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, come on, let's just stop here. Let's take a stock of our lives. Where are you in terms of this scripture? Are you still trying to safeguard your own life? Are you still trying 
to live your own life because you think that you would gain more in that? Paul says, no. For me to live is Christ. Today, it is Christ. And to die is gain. What Paul is saying, Christ has so satisfied me in the present. Christ has so satisfied me for my future understanding of who he is that whether I live or whether I die, I have a deep sense of satisfaction in God. Do you see how being satisfied in God changes our worldview, but not only our worldview, it changes our view of today, but it also changes our view of eternity. My friends, that only comes when there is a deep sense of satisfaction within our lives in relation to our relationship with Jesus and in relation to what he had done. When you have a good understanding, experience, and faith in what he had done for us on the cross of Calvary, when he died, when he took our sins upon himself, when the wrath of God that was meant for you and I fell on him, when the curtain was turned, um, torn in two, and he opened up the way for, uh, for us to enter into the heavens um, in having a relationship with God, when um, the gospel gave us a new identity um, where we become children of God, where we no longer have to do good works to impress God. God is impressed with us because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, my friends. Then there can be a deep sense of satisfaction within our lives that Christ has today in his hands. And he has your today in his hands and he has your tomorrow within his hands. My friends, we experience a deep sense of satisfaction when we have that certainty within our hearts that Christ has done that and that's when we are most satisfied in him. Paul speaking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing. People who experience a deep satisfaction of God within their lives, as Moses told us about in verse 14, are people who even though they live in this world and they live holy lives within this world, dedicated unto God, and people who are experiencing God's grace in all the areas of their lives. People who are truly satisfied with God also have a longing for his appearing because not only by faith do we have a relationship with him, but we long to see Jesus as he truly is. That's why Paul says to Timothy, he says, and he's later on in his years, he's an older man, he says, I long for his appearing because then Paul will see Jesus fully and more clearly. When we are satisfied with, in our spirits with God, my friends, there is a deep longing 
for his appearing. And then also John in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 20, also at the end of his life. The scripture that's been placed at the end of the Bible, he says in John, he says in um, Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, he which testifies these things said, surely I come quickly, amen, even so, come Lord Jesus. Again, John reveals to us that he's satisfied in God and being satisfied in God, he says, Lord, I long to see you come quickly. I think this is a truth that is seriously lacking within our generations. We're so satisfied with life as it is that we no longer are satisfied in God to look for his appearing. And we see here that John is satisfied in Jesus and so he longs for his appearing. And then just another example here, Jesus speaks to the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter four, verse 14. And so this is what Jesus says about being truly satisfied. Jesus says, but whoever drinks the water I give them, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up into eternal life. He says to the Samaritan woman, when you drink the water I give you, he says you will never thirst. There is a satisfaction. And friends, we need to commit ourselves this year to drink the water that Jesus gives. There are many other wells that you can go from and drink from, but my friends, they will not quench your thirst. As Christians, when we drink other water, for the moment it satisfies, but then it turns bitter. The water that Jesus gives us to drink, it'll cause us never to thirst. Indeed, there comes a deep satisfaction there. He says, indeed, the water I give them will be coming them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. My friends, we need to go to Jesus for this. Jesus speaks to his followers in John chapter six, verse 35, and he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never thirsty. My friends, when we go to Jesus this year, daily, we will eat bread from him and we will not grow hungry, spiritually speaking. We will drink water from him and we will not thirst for other things. The reason why we are thirsting for so many other things like the approval of man. The reason why we are seeking for security in our own financial resources is because we do not eat the bread he gives and we don't drink the water that he gives. And so we are still thirsty and we go into other things to have that quenched.
I was very privileged a few months ago for the church to upgrade the vehicle that I'm driving. And um, as many of you do know who know me, I do enjoy um, cars and nice vehicles. And um, my vehicle was upgraded. And I've so loved it. And I've so enjoyed it. And a friend and I, yesterday, as we were working together at the church, um, he had just gotten a new vehicle too. And so our two vehicles stood side by side outside of Lyft. And um, I asked him to show me his vehicle, and he showed me his vehicle, and he took me for a drive in his, and he said, hey, drive mine too. And so I drove his vehicle, and I absolutely loved it. And then I climbed into my vehicle, and I drove home, and I absolutely loved that experience because I love the vehicle that I have. But my friends, as much as I love cars, the satisfaction I get from them lasts but a short while. It doesn't truly satisfy. And so maybe in your case, there are other things that you truly love that satisfies you, but it will only satisfy us for a short little while. After six months of driving that vehicle, it feels like any other vehicle that you drive. Of course, if you drive someone else's, there's a difference. But it just truly doesn't satisfy. You know, we oftentimes say, Lord, just if I could earn twice as much as what I earn now, then I'll be truly satisfied. But my friends, what I've learned is more money doesn't change us from the inside. We live in fancier houses, we drive nicer cars, but we're still the old self. It is only as we become satisfied in Jesus that things really start to change within our lives. I've seen it within my life. You will see it within your own life. And although these things are nice, and of course we live in Switzerland here, I know many of you kind of envy us living here. I can understand that. Beautiful place, well run. But my friends, living in Switzerland doesn't satisfy me. It's nice, but it doesn't satisfy me. I'm most satisfied when I drink the water that Jesus gives I'm most satisfied when I eat the bread that God gives. My goal for us for 2021 is to place ourselves in a position where we ask what Moses asks here when he says, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Why don't we come before our God and ask him to satisfy us? In Jesus' name, would you pray with me, please? I ask you to stand at home where you are at.
for me this year for our church, for Lift Church International. I pray for you in particular is that you would be truly satisfied in God, family. For those of you who are looking all around the world, some who I haven't met, some who I started my life together, and you live in different countries now, and you're watching today, my desire for you is that over 2021, irrespective of what the futures hold for us, my prayer is that you would be truly satisfied in God. And so shall we pray together, please? Father, we come before you. There are so many voices out there that suggesting to us in so many ways to be satisfied. Lord, we know that outside of you, there is no true satisfaction gained. We know that the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I pray, Father, for all of our friends and family watching today, that we would place ourselves in a position where we can taste and see that you are good and so that we may be satisfied with you and enjoy the adventures that you place before us and where some of these adventures are not enjoyable, we pray that you would give us courage to face our today and our tomorrow whilst being truly satisfied in you. Would you do that work within all of our hearts as we look to you today, Lord? And we cry together with Moses when he says, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Friend, if you are not a Christian today, you're not a follower of Jesus, and you have tasted so many other things, in the beginning it tastes good, but then that thing turns bitter within your mouth. If you're at that place and you would want to turn your life around, but you know you can't, but you've heard today that the only way that your life can be turned around is when you look to Jesus and you drink the water that he provides for you, and you eat the food that he gives to you. And when Jesus says, you will never thirst again, and you will never hunger again, if that is what you want, I'm gonna lead you in this prayer today. It's my joy. Would you pray with me? And I'm gonna pray, and you can follow my words, but you could say something similar to what I'm saying. God is with you. He's drawing you, and he hears you, and he's the one who saves you. And so would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus because that's what I've heard you need to do. I'm a sinner. I have a bitter taste within my mouth because I've tasted things that doesn't bring true satisfaction. And today, I wanna trust you with my life. I heard that you died for me on the cross 
so that all of my sins can be forgiven. I heard that the punishment that was supposed to come to me, you took upon myself, and I'm free. And so today, Jesus, I put my trust in you. Would you change my heart? Would you change my life? And I heard today that eternity can be placed into my heart, and I want that. Lord Jesus, I look to you. I open up my heart to you, surrender myself to you. Would you rescue me? In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.